Welcome to our podcast, What I Didn't Learn at Harvard, where super connectors who will be talking about how to network smartly in a post-pandemic world. I'm your host and moderator, Rajiv Jadav. I'm a reputation management strategist and social impact activist. My co-host is Victor Lee. He's our Harvard alum, and he will be guiding us through all the things he's learned about networking since he graduated. In the episodes that follow, you'll be hearing from experts who do networking well. Hi, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of things we things I didn't learn at Harvard. Uh, I'm Victor Lee, your co-host, here with uh, Rajiv Jadhav, and our very, very special guest, my close friend, Robin Kent. And so R- Robin has a, had a fabulous career, and he, so I think we got a sense of what it was like rise, rising through the corporate world, particularly in the UK and France, right? But I'd love to know also about how you're dealing with other, with the other stodgy institutions of sports where you're playing now, right? But but you're coming at it as a as a startup, as an entrepreneur, but you're dealing with it sounds like in these very well-established, stodgy, traditional organizations. And it sounds like you're trying to kind of bring them into the 21st century. So is, um, is that a, is that a fair characterization or do I just tell us about how, how you know how are you how are you coping in the world of sports and how is it different really, from advertising? I, yeah, not really. I mean I mean, sport is an amazing thing. Um, and at professional level, it's unbelievable and very well organized, very well funded. And um, it's hard to pick holes in it. You can always pick holes in it. But, you know, I mean, it's 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 they don't want for anything, um, whether it's technology or advice or anything. The area that is 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 under supported and the area I focus on is the amateur sports. So that you, me, anybody who picks up a tennis racket or um, goes and punches a few people in a in a in a gym or <laughs> you know plays football or soccer or you know wh- whatever it happens to be um, as as a, as a hobby to keep fit. Or, you know, some of them, the younger ones are growing up, they're they're wanting to move through the ranks, they want to get better. Hopefully many, some of them will become professionals. But, you know, I'm really, if you think of it as an iceberg, I, you know, I'm dealing with that that is below the water. Um, And that's millions of people, billions of people, sorry, billions of people who, in a way, um, get they don't really benefit from what the international federations in sport bring because they can't, they can't get all the way down to the grassroots. So they tend to focus on the big events of the year. They tend to focus on the few people that compete in those competitions and at the top. So what we're trying to do is provide products that, uh, and platforms that, that, benefit everybody in sport, making making their registration easier, making their management of their data easier, 
making it easier to turn up to an event and have all the correct paperwork in place, whether it be, you know, COVID stuff, which we've had to do recently, whether it be the drug testing stuff, whether it be your medical certificates, all that kind of stuff. Um, organizing those events so that when they turn up, all they've got to do is compete, that they get their results back. Um, they can see their results. They can share them with friends and family. So it becomes a, you know, it becomes, it gives the, the, the junior sports person or the, the amateur sports person, you know, that great piece of, you know, I'm as, I'm as professional as I can possibly be. So can I ask you, what prompted you to go into this? I mean, is it because you spotted it as a giant business opportunity? No. Or is it because, no. it, you know, because I mean, there does seem to be like a social element to see, right? You're, you're contributing something to society by helping more people participate in sports. Or was there yeah, another? No, I, I went into it purely and simply because, you know, we're once talking about networking um, and I have a, a mixed relationship with networking as you can possibly imagine the but one of the best things i ever did was 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 meet my uh, business partner who is an american who is probably the nicest man on the planet wow um and paul i met him um when he was on his second business and and we hit it off and then we lost touch i went off and did the music thing and then we got back together and it happened to be one of the portfolio brands that he that he was investing in. So as an investor, he was investing in pharmaceuticals. He was investing in clothing. He was investing in, you know, ad, ad technology, whatever it happened to be. And he also had a small investment in this uh, sports platform. And he, and he asked me one day, because I was helping him with all of them, he asked me one day, you know, should I continue to make my investments in it? So I looked at it and I, my answer was, if it can do what it says it can do, it's a global opportunity because wow. I've traveled the world with advertising. I know I've seen many sports um, in other countries that are massive and huge that don't mean anything to say an American or a Brit or something like that. Um, you know, same as in America, you've got baseball, you've got American football, you've got hockey, you don't need any other sports. I mean, soccer is now starting to break in there. Um, but you don't really play cricket, although it is it is growing in America. And so I said, you know, if it does what it says it can do, there is a global opportunity here because, you know, outside of America, there's most countries, very little technology to help the amateur sportsmen. So that's really how, how we've how we grew it um and so i spent about five or six years in the u.s doing that with paul until i moved back to to the uk in 2015 robin 16. quick question as far as the sports that you mentioned is are there like some specific kind of sports that you're referring to or are they sports that are similar to the sports that are played in other countries or is it kind of more like a region yeah yeah no, no, it's all sport? oh yeah so so basically my target audience is international sports federations who tend to have a footprint in multiple countries so uh one of them um wacko is the world kickboxing federation they're just recently uh an ioc an olympic recognized uh, sport and they, at the moment, we've rolled out our technology platform to 85 countries and about to add a bunch. For, her, for them. 
for them, just for them. So they have a, they, and, and, and most sports federations are like this. Boxing's in 200. Um, Muay Thai we do a lot with, you know, netball is in more the Commonwealth countries. We do some work with FIFA, but only in the Philippines. Um, we do a lot of work in the US with the Amateur Athletic Union, the AAU, who have 50 odd sports um across across america wow. and that's for kids under the age of uh, of 18 so we tend to work with um different sports different countries but things like kickboxing is the same in sweden as it is in uh, pakistan but obviously how you approach it and how you deal with it are very different so our platform um, has had to be really flexible because there are things that certain countries want, there are things that other countries don't want. And there are things that they want that we can't do, won't do. But, you know, there's, <laughs> we have to somehow bring all this together so that the International Federation know how many members they've got in every country. Each of those members in those countries are set up so that if they want to go to a competition, all their data is is correct and they can go to a competition. Um, the ability then to market to them with merchandise and things because we have all their email addresses. You know, you're, you're only allowed on the platform if you have an email address because it's the one unique identifier. So um, we have to do that and we do that around the world. And, you know, today I was on with Saudi Arabia uh, and, and Sweden a bit earlier. Um, I think we're doing Nigeria and some other countries next week because there happens to be, there's an Islamic, Islamic games coming up shortly. So there'll be stuff for that. There will be events in Africa. So new, so countries that didn't come on on day one are coming on now. Um, you know, we've done, we've set up most of Latin America. There's a few countries we haven't. So yeah, it's very, uh, it's, it's very fluid. Um, each sport is different. Each sport has different nuance. Everybody registers, but the registration platform is different for everyone. So, uh, Robin, you mentioned earlier that you're working with, uh, so you're working with pros or are you working with uh, amateurs as far as like the uh, athletes go? Uh, and even so as we're far working, as the yeah, we're working, the, the federations we work with there will be a few pros but but there's but we don't we do because they're in the database but there's only a few 99.9 percent .9 of them are amateurs um for example in the philippines the fifa's role there is to register everybody who plays soccer in the philippines it's the number two sport wow. after basketball and, and they're, 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 the reason they want to do that is that they want to know that if a kid grows up in the Philippines but moves to Germany and plays football and then moves somewhere else and eventually becomes a professional, so you're talking about the very, very few, that they want to be able to trace their history. So there's a lot of investment in knowing where every kid on the planet plays football with the view that one day... Um, you'll be able to say, oh, yes, he plays for Germany, but actually his parents come and he came from the Philippines. I'm not so, sure. So, Robin, as far as the platform goes, is it kind of more like a, as far as the role that it plays in the overall ecosystem, 
is it kind of more like a streaming distribution type deal or and or is it also helping to kind of create awareness for certain sports so that maybe people so that the user adoption might happen at a faster rate could you maybe explain that a bit yeah um it's really more it's more internal it's more behind the scenes so it's it allows each so you take a country like france for kickboxing there's a national federation then there's 1100 clubs and inside those clubs are x thousand mem members in each club so it's a way of, of of organizing their tree their structure so that the federation knows and can see all of the clubs and all of the people in the clubs and the club can manage the people in their club but they can't see anybody else's data um, and it's really all about collecting the data for them to use for competitions or whatever they want, whatever they want to use it for. It's less, it's less front facing. Um, the front facing bit comes when an athlete goes to a competition, let's say it's a kickboxing competition, let's say they win, they have five or six fights, they win, they've got a trophy, you know, they, all of that data appears on their, their profile page. And they can share that profile page maybe with YouTube videos or Instagram yeah. pictures or Twitter, whatever it happens to be. They can share that with their friends and family. So that that becomes the outward part of the athlete. So so the athlete is two parts. There's the bit that we don't let the public see. And there's a the bit that if the athlete or the parents want the public to see can be made visible. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So it's essentially a platform or a tech backbone that enables all these federations to have that level of sophistication that they perhaps previously never did. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. And it's and its big key key point is it helps them, the federations generate money. Now, yes, gotcha. the money comes from their own members, but you can't be a successful federation without money. And I'll give you one example. I won't say who it was, but I was I was at a, a federation's meeting in Macau and I did my presentation, which was really to sell us to the different countries that were assembled. The head, so you had the international guy and then you had the individual countries. And the guy said, Do you, you can stay for the whole day if you want. And of course I didn't want to stay, but you know yeah of course i'll be happy to stay um and so they start talking about finances and they had zero money i mean zero how you run an international federation with zero money the second part of that meeting was the funniest though so there's an italian guy who's desperate he wanted to be the president because the one thing you find in these organizations is i say they're really nice people but they're very political so you have a president and then you have all the country presidents, all the country presidents, and they're normally people who were very good at their sport. They're not necessarily businessmen, but they were very good at their sport. So they become the head of the country. Once they become the head of the country, they then want to be the worldwide president, all of them. Now we're lucky with some of them. We have brilliant, brilliant professional athletes, but also good businessmen, but some of them are not. So th this guy during this meeting was Italian and he got up in the middle of the meeting and he gave an impassioned speech for over 20 minutes on why he should be the president. Hmm. And every, all the other countries are sitting around the square table when I'm sitting there listening to this. 
and they all start looking at one another and then they're looking at their watches and then they're looking at their phones and they're reading their emails. And after about 20 minutes, the, um, the president says, so thank you very much. Um, we'll call him Franco. Thank you, Franco. Um, let's get back to the agenda. And there was like no acknowledgement no. <laughs> of what this guy had said. And he had literally stood up and ranted about why he should be the president. And nobody wanted to talk about it afterwards. Wow. I guess he's not getting the job. So <laughs> one of the things so. we do is we help our clients raise money to buy more equipment, to compete. Like in America, good example, our, uh, our Muay Thai client in America, you know, uh, United States Muay Thai Federation, they needed to raise money to send people to events in Thailand because it's expensive. You know, if you want to send a team, there's a lot. The flights are expensive. The accommodation is expensive, the whole thing. So, so basically, we help them with the memberships and the pricing and helping them collect the money, coming up with ideas for them to market more ideas and more things to their people to generate more revenue, which allows them to do all the things that they should do. Right. Some so sports have are phenomenally uh, covered by money because you know the olympic sports because of the the olympics and things yeah. but many sports are, are scratching around for pennies well cl clearly robin you have not slowed down a bit i think since your early days at, at sachi and sachi and uh, you know obviously we you know we could go on but i'm wondering you know as we sort of draw to a close are there a couple of themes that you'd like to leave our listeners with you know, lessons that you've learned over the years. I mean, it seems like, you know, you're very big on being authentic, being yourself, but also always doing the right thing, right? You know, like not going to jail. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, that was a good thing. Yes. Um, well, I think, uh, I think when I got to, when I got to America, when I was um, chairman and CEO of Universal McCann, which was the, the last job and the big job in advertising. And I had 6,000 people worldwide, 120 countries, $16 billion in billings. You know, and I had Coca-Cola, Nestle, L'Oreal, Microsoft, General Motors, um, wow. Sony, Sony Movies, all that kind of stuff. So we had, you know, big, big global clients. Um, and you realize, first of all, I was a Brit coming to America and just backing up before this, before I came, when I was the regional director for Europe, um, one of the guy who was the head of America said to me, oh, meter independence will never make it in America. So I said, I think you're wrong, but OK. So anyway, about four, five, six months later, he called me, he said, oh, can you help me? We're pitching for ESSO or something. And we're up against Jay Water Thompson and Gray, but we're also up against Zenith, which is a media independent, from right. Saki, and we're up against Cara. So I said to him, well, you're OK, because you're only really competing against Gray and Jay Water Thompson. That's what he'd said. Yeah, right. And he went and he, and he looked at me and went. I said, I fucking told you they were coming, but I was and I was like that when we got there. So when I got there, I was lucky, right, because I've seen lots of Brits come into advertising in America. Um, and if they haven't been given the power and they're not in the position, they will fail. Because, you know, it's understandable. You know, it's like, what do you know about our business? Right. And I obviously would have had the same thing. So on. And you realize at the top, it's very lonely, right? You, you, who do you trust? You know, the people who are nice to you, uh, uh, you know, are going to, are going to stab you in the back at some point. 
So it's 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 you you have to learn to deal with this. So the first thing I did was on my first day, people came to my office, senior people who run different divisions, and they went, we don't want to report to the regional director. We just want to report direct to you. So why is that? So I went through all that and I said, no, hmm. there's a hierarchy. And I, and I said, the, the second thing is every single one of you will come in as a group on a Monday at eight o'clock and we will have a team meeting. This is the heads of all the departments because you all operate in silos. Every single one of you operates in a silo and none of you care about the rest of the, the business right. and how that impacts a client. So they hated it. They hated it. But the net result was a year later, they were voted for the first time ever advertising agency of the year by uh, by ad age. So, so you've never forced them. Before. You forced them to do the right thing to well, get organized. I, 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 forced, I forced them to do. I forced them to do something um, at the time. Yes, it turned out to be the right thing because I could see from what I'd learned from before that this is a nonsense that the TV people don't know what the print people are doing right. or the strategists or the researchers, right. you know, and I, and I mean, another example of my first day, which I changed immediately, I went to a rehearsal of a research meeting for a client and I, I got there and I said, okay, let's just pretend I'm the client. I said, how long's the meeting? They said an hour. I said, okay, how many slides you got? And they got like 120. So I knew <laughs> this, was, I knew this was going to end in tears. Right. So I let them run for 10 slides and then I asked them a question about the axis. It didn't really matter what the question was. And that distracted them for two or three minutes. Then I let them run again. And I went, okay, your hours up. You've done 24 slides. <laughs> what the, f you know, right. and, and I just had to, t I had to teach them that you can't just present at a client for like an hour what are they going to learn? They're going to remember three things, if anything. Right. So, so there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of um, requirement for education. Okay. So, so I mean, but which is sort of part of being authentic, right? Being part of being authentic is sticking to your guns. So, so this is great, Robin. We really appreciate everything that you that you provided to us. I think it was more than we expected, um, and. You know, it was fabulous for you to spend this much time with us. But I think there's some real nuggets in here that you know that we will distill, and you know when we uh, launch your episodes, and also you know we'll, we'll have social put social media posts out there to yeah, make sure that everybody any, sees what yeah. you what, yeah. what you know, if you want any follow up, if there's you know yeah definitely there's, definitely there's Robert. bits and pieces that we that we didn't get to cover. Right, um, right. They're definitely yeah, you know, part okay. two and a part three for sure, because there's just so much <laughs> to unpack. And I will say that when we do schedule those meetings, I'll kind of create enough of a buffer so that there isn't like a meeting immediately after or something. So yeah. we kind of like don't run out of time. Like in this okay. case, I really have to kind of run. Right. This, time, this time of day is always good for me. I'm always around. So that's perfect. Always, that's perfect always, for us. As you know, I'm always happy to talk. <laughs> that's not, and, and that's to our benefit. But thanks Absolutely. so much, Robin. Great seeing Thank you. you. Thanks. Yeah. It was lovely Great, meeting you, Robin. Bye. Bye, Reggie. See you. Bye. Bye, Victor. Take Please send us your comments and questions about networking by posting them in the comments below. Or for a quick response, email us at dintlearn at harvard at gmail.com. 
please like, comment and subscribe. It means the world to us. Try today's networking nugget and tell us whether it worked or if you hate it or if you'd like us to brainstorm a solution for you. No charge. That's our way of saying thank you for supporting us by listening and sharing our content with people you care about. That's all this week from Rajiv and Victor. Thanks for listening to things I didn't learn at Harvard. Hopefully you learned something here today.